Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 512. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pam. (laughs) Hey, Pam. Good to have you on. Always a pleasure to be here. We are also joined by Millennial's new social media manager, making her a Millennial debut, Jewel. Hi, Jewel. Hi. Nice to have you you on. I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Tell us a little about yourself. I have been a listener of you all for like... I don't know, since a little around when Deathly Hollows came out, I have just always loved listening to your podcast. So I was really excited when you guys um, were looking for a social media manager because that's essentially what part of what I do for a living um, at Disney. So I work as a marketing manager at Disney in California. Such a cool job. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think you have a cooler job than all of us here on this panel. <laughs> Definitely. I'm feeling envious, especially after that trip to Disney. But so you you applied and we were really impressed by your ideas and everything you presented to us. So we brought you on board and it's been great so far. Anyone who follows us on social media will see what Jewel has been up to. And our Instagram lives, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Part of me is like, should we just delete those old posts? Because they're so old. They're so old. It was funny because like when we were talking to you about Instagram, Mm-hmm. You you were like, yeah, so I, I looked at your Instagram and the most recent post is from 2016. Yeah. <laughs> and, I- and it was also funny because as soon as I took it over, lo- I got a notification and it was like, Laura, follow you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Laura, really? You weren't even following Millennial? No, apparently <laughs> not. Apparently not. I suck. Poor shame. <laughs> Bear to see your own posts that you were making because that was basically your account. <laughs> I know. I tried and then... Nobody else cared, so I gave up. It was ridiculous that we weren't uh, maintaining our Instagram because that's like the biggest social network right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of effort, though, so I'm happy to take that burden off of all of you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a relief. And we have some fun plans for the social media going forward as well. So everybody follow us, especially on Instagram, because that's where most things are going to in- originate. Instagram.com slash millennial show. I went to the dentist to get my fillings done. I got to say, I'm two for two in my adult years with cool dentists. Like, I just had the best time getting my fillings done. <laughs> we were just like, the, the dentist and the hygienist were just like having these fun conversations the whole time. And one of them working in the office is a huge Harry Potter fan. So I was telling them about MuggleCast. And then uh, he was talking to me about his crimes of Grindelwald theories and I think his theories were wrong, but it was cool that we could have a conversation like that. The The damn chair 
has a massage function. Ooh. I was like getting a massage what? while getting my fillings done, right? I had never seen that before. The chair was just malfunctioning, actually. It was about to explode. <laughs> I was actually wondering that myself. I was like, is this massaging me? Can you confirm? <laughs> or is this about to electrocute me? <laughs> but Pat, as it turns out, did not have any cavities, as he predicted. However, since it had been so long and he has been using an old-fashioned toothbrush, he actually had a lot of plaque buildup deep within his gums. And so he had to go back in the other day and get a deep, deep cleaning. It was so deep that they had to numb him. Oh my gosh. That sounds painful. Yeah, and I think he got more uh, numbing done than I did because his lasted a lot longer (laughs) than mine. (laughs) but it's done now and now he has an electric toothbrush which they recommended they also don't recommend using those floss picks do you guys use those i used to i have used them i don't Mm -hmm. consistently my dentist also recommended not using them i cannot be fucked to use traditional floss though so i think i'm sticking with the picks (laughs) what was why did they say not to use them because you're using that little piece of string over and over again as opposed to like Mm. moving through the floss string Mm. yeah but it's just so much easier you know yeah use the picks yeah anyway that's what happened there laura and pam or mark i guess we should start calling you mark now (laughs) what were you up to the facade is up i suppose (laughs) you've been (laughs) caught believe it or not you caught us (laughs) um so we went and saw us on friday night and we came away with like some really mixed feelings about the movie. Not to say that it wasn't a good movie. I think we were just or, like our whole group that went, we were a little confused. Yeah. Is, does that sound accurate? <laughs> yeah. Like the movie is one of those movies that like, it's a great movie and the cinematography was great and the writing was great, but the message of the movie was kind of, a lot there was a lot going on especially in a horror film you know like it'd be one thing if it was like a you know a thriller or something like or like inception you know where there's a bunch of shit going on but it was just like it's one of those movies where you you finish the movie and you're like did i get that movie like did i understand what the person <laughs> like did i know did i understand what the writer was trying to say you know, and I don't, I don't think I really did. I mean, I, I did, yeah. I did kind of, you know, probably like the, the face value um, message, but not if there's any deeper message there. I didn't really, you know. Yeah. And it, it just like, I don't know. So like Lupita Nyong'o, whatever, like she deserves all the awards and all the accolades because she acted the shit mm. out of those roles <laughs> that she played. Um and ev- I mean, the acting was good. The dialogue was great. Um, Jordan Peele is really masterful at being able to sort of like uh, intertwine comedy and and horror, mm-hmm. which was another achievement of this movie. Yeah, it also had some really disturbing imagery, um, but it just felt like the concept was really big. And they just didn't have enough screen time to really dig into it. So some of the explanation for the why just came from a character who like sort of told you how things were and you were just supposed to accept that at face value. Hmm. Um, And I really I want to see the movie again Mm -hmm. because there's a lot going on in it. 
Um, coming out of an initial screening, I was definitely a little bit confused. I will say the frustrating thing about it is I've done some Googling to try and like read other theories. And I keep coming up against this wall of people who are just like, if you didn't like the movie, you just didn't get it. And I'm like, okay, what didn't, didn't I get? get? It, Laura. <laughs> what didn't I get? <laughs> like, explain it to me. But people are just like, oh, you just don't get it. Yeah. Also, <laughs> they're almost like speaking down. That's so stupid. Right. Yeah. I know. It's it's ridiculous. Also, one, one of my friends had a game night yesterday or last night. And uh, one of the people there also saw us. And he basically said the same thing where he was like, I felt like that movie should have been 40 minutes longer. And I'm like, yeah. Like if it was like 30 or 40 minutes longer, they could have, I feel like they could have fleshed out some of those things to not like spoon feed you what they're trying to say, but just give more supporting scenes or give more supporting dialogue to kind of push that narrative along. Yeah. I kind of felt like some stuff hit the the cutting room floor. The critics loved it. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, but notice noticeably lower audience score, 69% have liked it so far. So maybe a lot of people are like you. you yeah, too. I mean, from a cinematic perspective, it's a beautifully shot movie. Mm-hmm. Truly. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Mueller investigation is complete. We've been waiting <laughs> for like two years. I literally this. cannot. It, yeah, it's been 22 months this investigation yeah. has been going on for. And we still don't so we are recording on sunday morning we do not know what is in the report yet we have seen reports that Mueller is not indicting anyone else the attorney general bill barr is now reviewing it as soon as today he might be presenting congress with the findings and donald trump and his administration but also as of sunday morning the white house had said they still have not received or been briefed on the Mueller report. So nobody knows yet what is in it. Could be nothing. Could be something. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we have to look at it from the perspective that we know that 34 indictments came out of the course of this investigation. So I doubt that it's going to be nothing. Now, whether Mueller saw fit to recommend something like impeachment is kind of what's up in the air. Um, To be honest with you, he's made it very clear over the course of this investigation that he doesn't think special counsel has the ability to indict a sitting president. He thinks that anything that might happen in, in that realm has to be done through Congress because that's what the impeachment process is for. All of that said, it's been really interesting to watch sort of like conservative media and 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 conservative people crowing about this because they're like, oh, no more indictments. See, no collusion. And no more indictments does not mean no collusion. <laughs> That's not what yeah. that means. So I think what we need to be paying attention to is that Mueller has already sent evidence from his investigation to seven other offices. So there could be further indictments coming from those offices based on the information in the report. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting week because I think we are going to learn. Hopefully, are we going to get the whole report? Do you guys think we're going to get the whole report? I'd be very surprised if we did because Barr 
before he got this position, I think the reason he got it was because he'd made it very clear, even on talk shows, that he is doubtful of the investigation, and that he's kind of in Trump's corner. So I wouldn't be surprised if he barred Congress from making this public. But the House unanimously passed um, passed legislation to demand that the report be made public. And they also have the ability to subpoena Barr as well as Mueller and others involved in this investigation. So even if we don't get the report itself, what we might get from the testimonies of these people who are subpoenaed could give us a really good indication of what's in there. What's interesting is that Donald Trump has yet to comment on the fact that... Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. If if he truly thought that he was 100% in the clear, you know he would be all over Twitter like, no collusion. He has made two tweets this morning. Would you all like to hear them? Yes. Here's the first one sent out at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Good morning. Have a great day. That's tweet one. (laughs) Tweet two, all caps. Make America great again. (laughs) So that's... What year is it? That's all he said. I I find this good morning, have a great day tweet hilarious. (laughs) You may as well be commenting on the Mueller report because that's totally why he said that. (laughs) Oh, God. Pew, pew, pew. This is Andrew from the future. And obviously, we have since received a few details from the Mueller report since recording this episode. You can hear Laura and I react to the news at patreon.com slash millennial at the Facebook official level. That's where we have a new installment of breaking news. Pew, pew, pew. And one thing I want to point out, it's a tweet you have linked here, Andrew, is that the Mueller report was delivered on the 46th anniversary of the secret Watergate tape in which Nixon told John Mitchell, I want you to stonewall it, let them plead the Fifth Amendment, cover up or anything else. If it'll save it, save the plan. So I don't think it's a coincidence that the report was delivered on this day. Oh, you don't think so? You think he did that on purpose? Uh, No, I don't. Mueller, like, if you read the history of Bob Mueller, I mean, he built his career up on indicting mob bosses. That was how he made a name for himself. And Donald Trump is a fucking mob boss. Wow. That's a quote to use, Jewel, right there. (laughs) I (laughs) I was just writing it in Slack, but I said, I'll just say it out loud. (laughs) Before we move on to a discussion about the order in which you should watch MCU Universe movies before Avengers Endgame... (laughs) was a bad transition. Um, <laughs> we want to hear from one of our sponsors. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. 
view easy to understand charts and market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Millennial a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at millennial.robinhood.com. That's millennial.robinhood.com. Laura and Mark Thad, who is listening live on Patreon, he says, apparently the twist in Us makes more sense on a rewatch. And there's a horror movie podcast called Dead Meat that broke it down really well and did a good analysis on it. So, Okay, see, that was one of my gripes about it, though, was I had the twist figured out in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. So at the end, oh. when they when they revealed it, I was like, wait, were we not supposed to be under the assumption this was what happened the whole time? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I always say about The Sixth Sense. Right? When I first watched that, I didn't know the big twist, and I just assumed that that was the case the whole movie. And I got to the end, and I was like, oh, that's the thing? Okay, I, I guessed that yeah. immediately. And like, and not to spoil it, of course, but like, it's, it's pretty, I mean, and again, the writing in that movie is really good, but like, it's kind of tropey. Like, it's kind of tr- like, it's a very mm. commonly used trope, you know, in movies. So you're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I would assume so. So on a recent episode, we were talking about Endgame. It's less than a month away now. Yep. And we were discussing if we should all watch the MCU movies again and it was it Pam who was like I need to watch them all in a certain order yeah. so Mark you took up the task of creating an order in which we are to watch the Marvel movies ahead of Endgame is that right that is correct and Pam's not even here I see how it is I know <laughs> do all do all this work we did share it with her and she said in slack <laughs> OMG this is amazing Mark went above and beyond please thank him for me well good uh, I think I'll, I'll, yeah, so she's he, off the hook, I guess. It was funny because this morning he was looking at the doc and he went, wait, Pam's not even on? <laughs> and I was like, no, sorry. And he was like, what the fuck? I did all of this. I'm looking at this now. I didn't realize this was a PowerPoint presentation. Of course. Oh, my she told God. Me to, she told me to cite my resources. So, you know. This is crazy. Why did you do this? And how did you come up with this? <laughs> So, a lot of the people that I've seen or that I've talked to that are about to uh, watch Infinity War or uh, uh, Endgame, they get kind of discouraged because they're like, oh, you know, people are talking about this. I really want to watch this, but there's just so many movies, you know, and I don't know where to start and all this other stuff. So, and I can definitely understand that because, you know, it's a, it's like a, universe of movies like they all work together in some way so if you don't know where to start you know it's not like star wars where it's like it's a pretty you know you watch these movies in this order and you're done and then you can of course you can watch some of them out of order because you know the prequel movies and you know whatever but i think there's a bunch of side movies like spider-man like if you notice spider-man's not on this list which you know spider-man was pretty relevant but the the main mcu uh story at least for these first 
uh, th- their first phases of movies are basically all the Infinity Saga from the comics. Because like the first, the first Avengers movie teased Thanos and introduced uh, the Tesseract. So that's like what they were setting up to. Like they were setting up to Infinity War this whole time. So all the movies I included are movies that either directly directly talk about an Infinity Stone or talk about Thanos or talk about a certain aspect of the Marvel universe that flushes out that the universe more. You say Thanos? I say Thanos. Uh I mean I I I I thought it was Thanos, but I say Thanos. Yeah, I again, say Thanos too. Yeah, Jewel again, works most, at Disney. She should know. Yeah, I know. I've mostly read it. Should you just quickly run through the titles, like not going into explanations of each? Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, this so is the first, order. So the first, Captain America, then Captain Marvel, then Iron Man, Thor, Avengers, Captain America 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers 2, Captain America 3, Civil War, Doctor Strange, Thor 3, Black Panther, Ant-Man and Wasp, Avengers 3. And that's it. And see what I love about this list is it's not in the the order of chronological release, but rather like the timeline chronologically. So like Captain Marvel is before Iron Man and all of these other MCU movies that we saw 10 years ago, mm-hmm. according yeah. to the timeline. And mm-hmm. and some of them may not be exactly like in chronological order because some of the movies happen at the same time. Like right. some movies, like I'm pretty sure Ant-Man and Wasp happen around the same time as um, Infinity War or there's some kind of overlap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. based on yeah. certain things that happen. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Should we watch Ant-Man and Infinity War simultaneously on two TVs? That would be pretty yes. hardcore. But you have to find the right cue to start Infinity War on. So you have to like wait for a specific time. Then that's fine. What yeah, you gotta wait for is the the snap. And then <laughs> <I> <laughs> sync it up. It's like how we clap to sync up our audio yes. files. We're waiting for the Thanos snap. Sync up the snaps. Maybe when we badass. start syncing up our audio, we can say snap instead of clap. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty badass if like there was a a sound cue in a bunch of the movies that symbolize Thanos' snap. It'd be pretty awesome. Oh like my God. you heard the snap in like Ant Man or something. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Which I mean who knows? Maybe it is maybe it's there and no one's found it yet or something. So looking ahead to Avengers Endgame, um for those of us who are up to speed on the MCU, what do you think will be important to keep an eye out for in Avengers three or four, excuse me. If I'm just speculating, I think that the whole snap thing was a fake out. Like, I think that the people who are really gonna probably die are the people who survived. You know, like, I think that it's gonna be like, I, because like, people were pretty upset that no one, like, it, it was like, oh, everybody died, but they're making, you know, like a Spider Man movie, but Spider Man was snapped or right. whatever. But so, we- like, I think, because like, I think they're gonna do something to kind of, trick people because marvel's not really they're not really a straightforward company which people respect you know they, they they're good at telling stories because they've been doing it for decades upon decades with movies and comics and shows and stuff captain but, america's gonna die iron man's gonna die they've both been around for a really long time yeah hulk is maybe maybe he'll die just anyone who's been around for a while spider-man obviously not gonna die that's gonna be like a four-part series 
Um, any of the newer people aren't going to die, period. It's just that simple. Yeah. I agree there's some faking out going on, but mm-hmm. like the whole purpose of Endgame is going to be undoing the snap or going into that snap world and pulling them out of it, and then everybody fights Thanos. Do you guys think you're going to be going to like a midnight showing or like a 7 p.m. Thursday? Uh, yeah. 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 You're out of your mind. Of course I am. <laughs> we're not going to an actual midnight release though right we're all too old for that oh i'm going oh no, yeah release. like yeah. well they, they show them at six o'clock so why not go earlier than the midnight release? Yeah, right I, I'm, I'm gonna see as i'm gonna see that movie as soon as i can yeah exactly That's, i mean if, if it's like a six like a six p.m showing on a thursday then by all means mm-hmm. you know get my uh get my nice marvel shirt going maybe yeah. break out my stan lee shirt you know oh yeah, R. my R. mom Stan. got him this really nice Stanley shirt for Christmas. Oh, cute! Yeah. By the way, in Captain Marvel, the uh, like the tribute they had in the beginning of the movie for Stanley, I Ugh. legit like my heart hurt. Like I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that was really good. Oh, and, and one of my friends sitting next to me was like, "All right, I'm done. That was it. That was a great movie. See you guys later." <laughs> <laughs> Need a little break after that. Well, cool. Yeah. So you can all see Mark's awesome powerpoint presentation of the order in which you should watch these movies and he also provides supporting detail for each one so you can find out why you should watch the movies and why you should watch them in this particular order we'll have that up on the patreon like they're pretty clear on each one like why you should watch it so if there is a movie you don't want to watch you can kind of like i kind of try to do my best to provide a spoiler free reason so if like for for civil war i was like oh this explains the political climate of the marvel world and this like starts to show why there starts to be a schism in the team right because that kind of carries on to other movies but if you don't care about that then you don't have to watch that one what cracks me up is you also did a unique color scheme for each movie yeah you truly went (laughs) above and beyond of course of course i love this powerpoint (laughs) Before we get to AP Choice, it's time for a word from our second sponsor this week. They are a new sponsor. I'm really excited about them because many of our listeners are people who are either have side hustles, have their own full-time businesses, or might be aspiring to create one of their own. I was actually talking about this in the Millennial Facebook group a few weeks ago with a few of our listeners, including Jacob and Whitney. It's so cool seeing what our listeners are creating. And whether or not you have a business of your own, you know there are some annoying administrative tasks that need to take place. Who wants to do those? No one. So let HoneyBook do the work and make you look good. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that lets you control your client communication, your bookings, your contracts, and invoices all in one place. A couple of my favorite features at HoneyBook are invoicing and proposals. You can create invoices and have your clients pay you right through HoneyBook, making it easy to accept payments and keep your bookkeeping organized. You can also create beautiful proposals and contracts, and right through HoneyBook, you can accept signatures. I love this because accepting digital signatures makes it so much easier on both you and the client, and you'll look super professional because you're offering quick and easy agreements. Over 75,000 photographers, designers, event professionals, and other entrepreneurs have saved hundreds to thousands of hours a year thanks to HoneyBook's suite of beautiful and easy-to-use tools. It's your business, just better with HoneyBook. Right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off your first year with promo code MILL. 
payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to HoneyBook.com and use promo code M-I-L-L for 50% off your first year. Get paid faster and work smarter with HoneyBook.com, promo code M-I-L-L. Time now for AP Choice. So we asked our Facebook official patrons, as associate producers, what do you want us to talk about this week? Kayla said, favorite snack at the moment? Flips. What are flips? uh, They're those chocolate-covered pretzels you can Mm. get. It's like any grocery store carries them. They're in like the blue shiny bags. They're so good. Um, And I lie to myself and say that because they have holes in them and they're pretty skinny that they're not that bad for me. Oh, my God. You know what's so sad? I think the same thing when I justify <laughs> mac and cheese. I'm like, well, it's hollow, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're so good and they're so addicting and you get the sweet and the salty combination. So I'm a fan. Speaking of pretzels, have you tried pretzel crisps? No. They're oh, so are those, good. Are those all like the, the pretzel chip looking things yeah exactly stuff yeah those are great i like those i'm obsessed uh they have them at costco you can get them anywhere though i love putting cheese on them or hummus or trader joe's guilt-free guac it they just go so well with so many things i also really like rx bars they're like protein bars they were a sponsor on one of the podcasts and they sent me some and i just fell in love and now i buy them all the time um they're lovely little snacks and they have all the ingredients right on the front of the label, so you know what you're putting in you. I love the chocolate sea salt ones. What's your favorite snack, Mark? Crepe food cups. That's random. It is, but uh, <laughs> Laura's mom started getting these like red grapefruit cups from uh, Costco, and I went over there and had one, and it's I that my addiction started there. Like it's just <laughs> it's 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 something about it, just like the the juice in it is just. <laughs> grapefruit juice so you just open it you can have a little cup of grapefruit juice and then afterwards you can just eat grapefruit but but the grape but the juice doesn't taste like really fake and processed it just tastes like regular grapefruit juice so that'd be like you opening a packet of i don't know like oranges right and then in that packet, there's orange juice, so you get to just drink orange juice, and then you get to like have orange slices. If that makes sense, you're like somebody who enjoys cereal for the cereal milk taste. <laughs> Jewel, what are you digging at the moment? I go through phases in my life where I'm really addicted to Doritos, like the classic nacho cheese ones, and then I'll like only eat those as my snack and then I will remind myself how bad they are for me and I'll stop for a while and right now I am on with the Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever felt the need to have a Dorito that crunched less? (laughs) You mean like a female focused Dorito? something like that. (laughs) What a question. Um, No. I do, however, wish that Doritos didn't, like, the taste didn't stay in your mouth for the rest of the day, because that's the problem that I face with Doritos. Did you try the uh, the new Flamin' Hot Doritos? No. They're pretty good. It's pretty good. Like, it's, it's, they, it's not, because I thought it was just going to be a Dorito chip with just Flaming Hot sprinkles all over it, and that's mm-hmm. it. But it's actually, like, the classic nacho cheese Dorito 
mixed together. So it's like somebody got a got that oh. nacho cheese powder and a bunch of flaming hot powder and mixed it together and then put it on the chip. It's you know, pretty good. S- speaking of Costco, this segment sounds like an ad for Costco. The way we've been talking, I know. About it. <laughs> Why but, Costco become a sponsor? We'll uh, we'll put the Kirkland label on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Kirkland Signature Podcast. <laughs> um, I went to two different Costco's over the past week. Both of them were giving out samples of standard nacho cheese Doritos. I'm like, everyone on the planet has had Doritos. <laughs> Why are you giving out samples of that? They were just like, you guys want some Doritos? That's it. Right, like to... okay, samples of maybe the Costco brand, or but no, just standard Doritos. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Next submission is from Tiara. I am currently the only person in my friend group who wants kids. We are all in our late twenties to mid thirties. Out of seven women, I am the only one. Why do you think there is this massive shift in millennials to not want to reproduce? Do you think it is because there is no longer socialite p- pressure? Maybe it is because people no longer feel financially stable. I have wanted children my entire life and can't imagine not feeling this way. Also, I feel like my child-free friends routinely shame me for not wanting children and have made it clear that they will want nothing to do with my future offspring. Has anyone else ever felt this way or is it just a regional thing? Wow, your friends are dicks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, so I don't want kids. Like, I'm very, I'm like vehemently in the no kids camp, but... Many of my friends do want them or already have them, and I love the shit out of those kids. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm yeah. my my goal is to be like the coolest auntie ever and to spoil <laughs> the shit out of them. And that's like if your friends love you, that should be how they're approaching this, and they shouldn't be shaming you for wanting to have kids because that's a pretty normal thing to want. It's so weird, yeah. I I definitely want kids one day, but I have plenty. I have one of my best friends doesn't. We both respect each other's views. And like you said, I'm sure she will love my kids when I have them one day. And she'll be the cool aunt and it'll be great. I can't imagine shaming her for not wanting kids. That's crazy. (laughs) Like, it's your own values and opinion. So I think it is interesting like how i feel like i have a lot of friends with different opinions on this so i think maybe you just happen to have friends who all have the same viewpoint but there's like so many opinions on kids these days with people in our generation so i don't think you're weird for wanting them that's for sure This might be a uh, short one. I don't know. The next one is from Jared. So I've really gotten into comics lately, particularly making and writing them. Do any of you read comics? If so, when did you start? What is your favorite comic book hero? Oh, I think Mark could talk about this for an entire episode. Yeah, I I could (laughs) too. Just just save this for an episode. I'll just just take the reins on that one. (laughs) Okay, so for both of you, what's your favorite comic book hero? Who? So I have to qualify it. If I'm going with Marvel... Actually, I don't think I can pick one. I'll pick a top three. <laughs> um, I really like Spider-Woman, She-Hulk, and um, Hellcat to read, especially the newer ones. Um, and then for DC, my favorites are Batgirl and Nightwing. And I've been reading comics for like probably 10 years. I started, 
after the Avengers came out and I wanted more content and it wasn't out yet. So I started reading them. Oh, wow. <laughs> do you get like a subscription where these are delivered or do you go to a comic book store? I, I used to um, have them delivered when I was in college and then I moved to Orlando and was pretty close to a comic book store. So um, if you read them every month, like usually a title will have a new um, issue every month and you can subscribe in the store and then just go pick up all the ones from that week or that month oh, cool. all at once. So that's what I used to do. I don't currently because I'm trying to save money. Yeah. <laughs> but yep. when I was in the peak of it, I had like probably 30 titles a month. It was nuts. Mark, your top superheroes? Um, I If I was going with Marvel, I'd have to say Spider-Man, uh, both Miles and Peter. Uh, if I was going to go DC, probably, um, probably Batman or Damien, uh, Batman's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Spider-Man, like I, I started reading comics when I was like six and I was like on my way home. I used to live in New York and on my way home from school, there was a comic book shop and my parents knew the the owner. Like he was like, you know my quote unquote uncle, which is like everybody that your parents know at that point in your life. So I could just sit there and do my homework and he would only let me read comics when I'm done with my homework. So I would just like rush and do my homework <laughs> and I was six. So there's plenty of words I didn't know. So I would just be like going up here, like what's, what's this word mean? Like, what's this word mean? And like, I got a pretty good vocabulary early on. So I could, you know, because like, so I can read the comics that I wanted to read and it helped that there were like Batman TV shows on and like the animated Spider-Man show and all that stuff. So I got to see that on TV then be like, oh, I read about this last week when, you know, all this, when this stuff happened to Spider-Man yeah, and like, and it's, and it's hilarious because like as a six-year-old, there'd be an issue where Spider-Man's like, oh, I got to get rent. And that's like the whole issue is just him trying to get rent. And like, I'd ask my mom, like, mom, what's rent? And she's like, oh, when you live somewhere, when you're an adult, you have to pay to live there. And I'm like, wow, mom, that sucks. And she's like, yes, it does. Life so, sucks, kid. Yeah. Get used I mean, to it. Yeah. That's kind of, that's one of the reasons why I like Spider-Man so much. Cause he's just a dude. Like he's, he, yeah. he doesn't have any, like, he's not Tony mm-hmm. Stark. His, his powers don't solve anything. In fact, they make, usually make things worse, but he's just like, trying to live life as a normal person and he has normal people problems which i can respect mm-hmm. next question from sp favorite summer beverage you are looking forward to laura i'm looking forward to my mom's homemade limoncello um she makes this she she starts brewing it around the springtime and it's usually ready for summer so she literally takes Everclear and soaks like lemon peels in it Oh like God. a lemon skin for six to eight weeks. And the Everclear like soaks the oils out of the rind. And then it just makes this kind of dangerous, honestly, very alcoholic, lemony tasting thing. And it's great. Usually she, um, she'll give you like iced tea, but she'll float a shot of the limoncello on top. And it's so good. I'm coming over that this sounds summer. Delicious. Yes, yeah, you should. <laughs> this is gonna sound really weird, but I don't remember what restaurant had this. I just remember one summer I had it and it changed my life. And it was like this watermelon lemonade. 
but it was watermelon lemonade with pieces of strawberries in it. Ooh! Oh my god, refreshing. that sounds great. Yeah, and it was a, it was a, it was at one of those like not chilies, but like a like a sit down restaurant chain kind of thing. Was it like and Red it Robin? Like, that's what I was gonna say. Red Robin, I feel like would make something I like don't, that. Maybe, but like they had a bar as well. So I don't know what if any of these places had a bar. And Red Robin's Robin's got Robin a bar. Does. It does. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. But I went there and I was like, "Can I have this?" But can you like you know spike it with something? And he was like, "Yeah, sure." And he just put a shot of like uh, a clear rum in it. So it was like a rum, lemonade, watermelon, strawberry thing. And it was amazing. So if I can't find it, I'm just going to find a recipe and make it myself. Well, Yeah. So it sounds like you created that drink. So it should be called the Mark. I would, I would take uh, royalties on that. So this is a tangent, but when you brought up chilies, it made me think of the stupid vine. <laughs> Welcome to Chili's. Welcome to Chili's. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) How about you, Joel? My favorite summer drink are mojitos. They're so refreshing. Oh, they're so good. Mojitos are quite good. They're so good when it's hot out. I've really been into the hard seltzers. Um, The one brand, Truly. Again, Costco. They sell a variety pack. I I really like them. I I especially like them because they don't give me a hangover. So, like, last night, I put down, like, five of them, and I didn't have to worry about it this morning. But, like, if I'm making my own gin and soda, which is usually my go-to, I'm going to have a hangover or get or get drunk really quick because um, I have a heavy hand. So, here, here's a question about those. Because remember you mentioning these on the, this on a different show as well. But what are these? Like, are they, are they just, like, like, flavored water, but alcoholic yeah it's like only 100 calories and two grams of sugar i don't know what kind of it's not like a certain type of alcohol like it's even an autocomplete on google hold on let me get back to it what what is the alcohol and truly it's alcohol made from cane sugar huh yeah so rum is it rum i guess no well not really though it's yeah i don't know what it is it gets it's good for a for maintaining a light buzz but they're kind of popular right now because they are low calorie low sugar yeah and yet they're fruity finally this is from rachel this is just a comment george pell who is an australian cardinal and really high up in the clergy and friends with the pope was convicted of sexually assaulting little boys and only got five years she says fuck him right off and worse former pm john howard wrote him a character reference so that scandal's still going down and yeah. never ends no, I don't. I don't think the scandal of the Catholic Church and their um, covering up of child sex abuse is ever going to end. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's so deep in the history of the church, and it's really unfortunate because it's just it it casts you know the I don't know how many Catholics there are in the world, but. It puts all of them in a weird spot because just because you're Catholic doesn't mean that you endorse this. Mm-hmm. Um, just sucks. So on to some news now. And this one's also going to be a number game. Okay. So we spoke recently about the college admission scandal. And as probably won't come as too much of a surprise to anybody, parents have been helping their children well into their young adult years. It's pretty prevalent prevalent um and a new study backs that up 
It's worse among privileged parents who are rich or got a great education, unsurprisingly. But it happens to people in the lower classes, too. And Morning Consult surveyed parents of children ages 18 to 28 between January 29th and February 3rd. So this was before that admission scandal uh, came out. And discovered some disturbing numbers concerning how parents still help their children. So I wanted to talk about these numbers and if we get any help from our parents and what the right age is to for parents to stop that. So I want you all to guess the numbers here. X percent of parents surveyed offered their children advice on relationships or their romantic life. I feel like this is probably pretty high because to me this doesn't sound too abnormal yeah really so like maybe 80 percent i'd say 70 yeah i was gonna say 75 okay yeah you know it is one of the higher ones 42 percent oh oh shit okay not crazy wow okay i i was envisioning that i don't know parents would care to have these kinds of discussions yeah right so this one's okay yeah. At any age, I think. Yeah, because it's just it's just advice. Like you, just, people do this with their friends all the time. Like if right. they, mm-hmm. you know, I'm dating this person X Y Z, and they, you know, you know, do what makes you happy or whatever. Like I, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty normal conversation to have with somebody you care about. Period. Whether it be family mm-hmm. member or friend or whatever. Am I the only here? Only one here who doesn't talk to their parents about relationships or romantic. Life. Oh, I don't talk to my parents about that at all. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't either. I yeah, no. I didn't really until Mark came into my life because before him I never met anyone that I liked enough to introduce to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Which I mean, sorry to all of those gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, losers. <laughs> and, and now you go to your mom when Mark's really annoying you and you get advice. No, no, it's not like that. So I'm not, I do not feel compelled to share those kinds of details because I feel like that is best reserved for a relation for the relationship itself. So I'd rather discuss that with Mark. Yeah. Um, But like, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, I'm just pretty open with my parents about things like when we were talking about moving in together Mm -hmm. i told them about that so it wasn't like a big shock for them to learn that it was happening yeah and also just like with stuff around your condo like Mm -hmm. by proxy of me moving in like when you you were telling your dad about the the computer room right in the in your office and he was like why don't you just switch them and then we were just like oh shit that's that's a great idea that's a great idea oh that was his idea (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. And then he actually came, he and my mom came down and my dad and Mark flipped the rooms. Nice. So so. like in that regard, my parents are pretty well clued in. Mm -hmm. Your parents are pretty cool though. Yeah. I think that they're outliers. Yeah, that is true. Next one. X percent of parents told their kids what career to pursue. Oh, this is going to be high. (laughs) (laughs) This I'm going to put this in the, in the seventies, I think. I'm going to say 50%. I'd say I'd say 80. Uh I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this but only 14%. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. I feel like when I was in school everybody was under pressure cuz their parents were like micromanaging what they were going to major in. 
I don't disagree. My parents definitely tried, but I didn't listen to them. I'm curious what this uh the survey group that they took for this where what did they like what was their control group for this nationally representative sample of fifteen hundred people ages eighteen to twenty eight and one thousand one hundred thirty six parents of people that age okay because I feel like a lot of these would be very different for uh parents that are immigrants because I know for a fact like mm. if your parents are like from a different country there is a huge pressure for you to be a high to have a high profile career like a mm-hmm. like a, a doctor engineer lawyer mm-hmm. like all that like i i know very few people whose parents were were from another country that were like that were like oh i want to be an artist and they're like okay like <laughs> it typically doesn't happen right x percent of parents gave more than $500 per month for rent or daily expenses i hope this isn't that high <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it depends, too, because like, if you're telling me you're doing this for your 18 year old, I don't, I don't think that's as bad. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'd say like like 50%. 30%. I'm gonna say 20%. 12%. Wow. Wow. Okay. So whatever you're thinking for this survey, think lower for all answers. Okay, yeah, apparently. Times have changed since we were in this age bracket. Um, X well, I percent- feel like the study sets it up to make you think the numbers are going to be high. Yeah. Probably. So, Some of them are. Because it's like saying this is a prevalent issue of parents helping their kids too much. Right. Okay, so next one. X percent of parents made appointments for them, including doc appointments. Hmm. 10%? Mm. I don't... I think I was in high school when my parents stopped doing this for me. <laughs> mm, I'll say... Seven. So this is one of the high ones. Seventy four percent. What? 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 Yeah. Oh my god! I'm gonna link to this so you guys believe me. I know. I I know this is shocking. <laughs> this is from the New York Times, by the way. God, that's huh? Y- you know, my mom that's would do nuts. this all the time for my brother in particular. Uh, she, I think she stopped doing it a little bit, but like my fucking brother. Speaking of the dentist, he refuses to go to the dentist. The only way he's gonna go. Is if my parents make the appointment for him. Some kids just they they really don't think about their health because why everything seems fine. Yeah. Especially if their parents are willing to make the appointment for them, then they're just gonna like stay reliant on that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. X percent of parents would contact a child's employer if he or she had an issue at work. Oh my! This is that's, fucking that's embarrassing. humiliating. Oh my I'm god! Ho- right? I hope it's like five percent. Yeah, I, I hope it's less than twenty percent. <laughs> I'll say I'll stick I'll stick to seven. I'll say seven again. This is a low one. Eleven percent. Okay. Oh, that's still too high. That's <laughs> that is way too many. But that's an example of a of a kid who is still under the parents' wing, big time. So that yeah. doesn't really surprise me. Yeah. Expert, this is the last one. X percent of parents reminded their adult children of deadlines they need to meet, including for schoolwork. Ugh, that, so that, if, if it wasn't for that last part, I'd be like, that's not that bad. But like for school, like I can never imagine my mom being like, remember that paper you have to write? Like, <laughs> right. What? But if 5%. it was like, but if it was like, hey, remember to, you know, send in your your car tag or something 
You mm-hmm. know, I could see that. Like that, that. That seems like a pretty parent thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so especially your if you're if you're still on their insurance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. I'd say I'd say ten. I'm gonna say twenty percent. This was the highest one, seventy six percent. Oh no. Good oh. Yep. This hurts. Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, Mark's reasoning made me think you were going to guess pretty high, actually, because you were talking like this is actually pretty common. But I mean, it, it's it's the schoolwork thing that I was like, that isn't mm. a thing. That's mm-hmm. what kind of threw me off because I was like, I've never heard of a mom or a dad being like, hey, remember, you got to do that book report. Remember, you got to do that because like, I feel like all that, like all the other stuff on this list, you can kind of make the case that parents, you know, parents do parents do that and it may just be me and my own anecdotal experience but like like your schoolwork is kind of like that's your shit right like yeah th- that's like the practice for the real world like if you can't handle managing your time to get your assignments done for class then you're not gonna be able to manage your time mm-hmm. for a job you know or any other products you have so like if your parents are kind of holding your hand with that then how are you going to handle actually doing it in real life. Yeah, I agree with that. But I feel like I can also see if the parent contributed to paying for the education or they just don't, they want them to get the degree, whether or not mm. <laughs> they're prepared for the world. I can definitely see them reminding their kid to do school. Yeah, I will sense. say I, I was a teaching assistant in undergrad and the class that I TA to four was a first year seminar course. And this was actually a really big problem for first year students that had helicopter parents who wanted to be in touch with either the teaching assistants or the professors running those classes to like touch base on problems their students were having. Because legally, we weren't able to say anything. Like there is a law in place that says like it doesn't even matter if you're the one paying for your child's ed- education legally we can't talk to you about it so you need to talk to your child but we can't talk to you about your child yeah. and that was always a big point of contention for these parents because they would be like well i'm paying for this and we were like yeah but your child is 18 they are legally an adult <laughs> So when did our parents stop helping us out in situations like this? For me, I I think it was sometime in high school. There were definitely times where my mom was trying to helicopter parent, but I've always been more of an independent person, so I tried to resist that. Um, But definitely by the time I got to college, they weren't helping me out in any way, including financial. The only thing they were paying for me... um, they were covering my car insurance just because I was on their plan, but that lasted till like 2012 when I got an offender bender. And then, then the <laughs> insurance was like, Hey, you can't be on your parents' insurance anymore. So that sucked. Um, and then the, the phone bill, cause I was on the family plan, but I got off of that last year. So, yeah, I feel like for me, it was a gradual thing. Like when I was in high school, they stopped sort of like, making doctor's appointments for me and sort of like, I guess, kind of like helping me with the scheduling aspect of my life. By the time I graduated high school, that was all on me. Um, Obviously, when I was in college, I was still on their insurance and their car insurance. Um, When I lived abroad, 
I was pretty much on my own, but I was earning local wages and just didn't make that much money. So there were certain things they helped me out with, like helping me purchase flights to come home because I really couldn't afford those things. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, when I bought my, like when I bought my car, I had to get my own insurance policy. So I was kicked off their insurance at that point. Um, got kicked off their insurance when I was 26. So, I mean, I feel like it was, for me, it was kind of a gradual thing, but I was pretty much like completely like off of, of their kind of like, I wasn't a financial burden to them, I don't think, after 25. Yeah. At any point. I think it's natural for it to be gradual because yeah. there shouldn't be like a cutoff ceremony where you just no. spend a whole yeah. day severing ties. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like it's different. I mean, it, it's different situations, you know, call for different solutions. Like yes. if if things if things are happening within the family to make things kind of rough, like for example, like my family, they kind of stopped, I'd say roughly a year after I was out of high school, but then like there was a bunch of financial stuff that happened with my dad that kind of like affected everyone. So at that point, they couldn't really ex- like at one point I was at a jo- like my one of my first jobs in college and I got like a call from the IRS saying that they were going to like garnish my wages. And I was like, I'm a college student. Like I don't, I'm working at like Hollister. Like, what are you, what are you going to garnish? Like 50 bucks or something, you know? So I feel like that is in situations like that. I can understand parents helping more if they can. Totally. You know, to kind of get through that as a family, but just in a normal scenario, that's kind of like, if you're like, you know, 28, 29, your parents are still kind of holding your hand then. Yeah, I feel like if you find yourself in a situation where as a young person, by no fault of your own, you've been like financially stunted because of somebody else's decision making, that's different. Mm -hmm. So the survey, like I said, it was conducted around parents who have children between 18 and 28. So 18 is an acceptable age, I think, to continue getting help from your parents in a bunch of different ways. But 28 isn't. So I'm wondering where the cutoff is. I would say beginning or early college, that's when more cutoffs should be happening. Because college, you, in a lot of cases, live on campus. So you are separated from your parents full time for the first time. And that's your chance to become more independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree I'm not that. a parent, but yeah. I don't think parents should continue taking care of their kids when they are supposed to be experiencing growth and enjoying independence for the first time in their life. Yeah, and I feel like right. when you're when you're in your first uh, year of college, it's a pretty good transitionary period for your parents to kind of help you to be like, all right, this is these are things you should start doing. Like, it's not like they're going to be like, get the fuck out, like, you know, get out of here. But it's like, that's a good time when you're your point of view on the world should be shifting because it's okay to kind of act like that in high school because you know you're a kid like your 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 main focus should be your high school and like what you know what classes you're taking and getting ready for college and stuff like because that's just how society you know has framed that Mm -hmm. so like you know first year of college it seems like a pretty good like oh i should be changing how i'm viewing these things 
because I'm technically yeah. an adult now. What do you think, Jewel? I feel like I feel like college too is helpful. Where like I remember, like freshman year, you get a meal plan and you like pay for all of your rent up front, so mm-hmm. you can start on like managing some expenses but not all of them because it's part of your tuition but then like you move off campus later and you understand how rent works and you understand that you have to pay for groceries so i feel like that's how i kind of learned when it was like gradual like that where i'm curious how the data would have been split up if it was like parents from 18 to 22 and then 22 to 27 yeah. and like that sort of thing so because i feel like by having parents of 18 year olds in this study it probably skews it because i definitely relied on them a lot more my first year of college than i do now yeah yeah for sure yeah and i think that's i think that's normal yeah and i think too i don't know i think at any point in life it's normal and okay for parents to offer some kind of financial assistance to their children because like especially in this economy Mm-hmm. We've discussed on the show numerous times how difficult it is for people in our age group to break into a professional career because of the economy that was handed to us. So, like, for instance, when I bought my car, my parents gifted me the money to pay for a tag tax and title on the car. Because, I mean, I'm very, like, I, I'm lucky and I, I, I am privileged that I was able to have that, but... I also don't think that something like that is an example of overreach when it comes to help. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I also I also know there are a lot of people who just don't have that and are probably like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> and you are developing independence by taking on a car payment. Yeah, It'd be totally. one thing if they also were paying for the, making those car yeah. payments, but you're oh, not. Oh, hell no. And that's the thing, too. Like, it, like, like you said, it was help. Like they were helping yeah. you. Like they wasn't like, here's a car and here's, you know, like that, that's, that's not help. You're just giving, they're yeah. just giving you something, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm more concerned about these parents that are like scheduling their, their adult children's lives for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you can't pick up a phone and make a doctor's appointment by the time you're 20 years old, I, I don't know. Yeah. What Ryan. To do. <laughs> jewel mentioned uh the meal plan at college now i'm thinking about my meal plan at college that was like the most exciting part of college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was like i was such a freaking child too grilled cheese and chick-fil-a like every day they had yeah. the best chick-fil-a oh hell yeah, yeah we did too man i know yeah, right? my school didn't have that we just had so our dining hall was so lame it was called glar well that's an unattractive <laughs> i know i was like wow yeah i really want to go eat in glar that stand for awful. something yeah so there's this family in westminster maryland they get that gave a lot of money to the college called englar like their last name was englar mm-hmm. and so technically the full name was like the englar dining hall because oh. it was named for them but everyone just called it glar for yeah for short. that's rough yeah i know it was terrible hmm <laughs> Well, speaking of school, we have another school-related story. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you guys before we we dive into this, um, did y'all ever remember having to do, like, active shooter drills in school? Nope. I don't either. No. I remember having to do a couple after Columbine when I was in, like, fifth grade, but that's because I was in Texas, so I guess... 
because we were a little bit closer, I would say, than maybe the, uh-huh. the East Coast. It was it was seen as more of a threat. Um, but yeah, so the Indiana State Teachers Association has reported that during an active shooter drill, teachers at an elementary school in Monticello, Indiana, were taken into a room, told to crouch down, and shot execution style with airsoft guns and pellets. Unbelievable. What? That's... What? Yeah. Yeah. So at first I saw this and I was like, there's no way this is real. I need... And I I was like, if it's real, I'm going to talk about it on the show. But I went digging on the internet because I was like, there is no way somebody did this. They did. Um, This was reported in numerous like local news outlets in Indiana and also the Hill <laughs> reported on this and I was able to find the Teachers Association's official Twitter and saw they were talking about it too. Um the New York Times ended up picking it up as yeah, well, I believe. Yeah, and there's just so much disturbing about it. So digging into it a little more, apparently the way this went was they lined all of the teachers up and then they would take them into this room four at a time and do the execution style shooting. Um, one teacher reported that they said, this is what happens if you just cower and do nothing. And these teachers also reported that they ended up with welts and blood drawn from these shots because it was a mixture, I guess, of of like pellets and and other things, but it was at close range. So it actually caused physical harm, not to mention the emotional and psychological damage, something like that does. Um, something that really jumped out at me from the reporting on this was from the Indianapolis star. Um, <laughs> it noted that, Meadowlawn Elementary School teachers in January were intended to go through an exercise that calls for individuals to be proactive while responding to a shooter. Shooting teachers with pellet guns is not usually a part of the training. Oh, glad it's not standard. I was like, I kind of, I laughed incredulously when I read this because it sounds so ridiculous. Yeah. I also heard that the parent or the teachers were told to keep quiet about it, mm-hmm. which is also fucked up because yeah. these poor teachers went through a horrible experience and they can't go and say something about it like they should be able to. The solution to training teachers for a horrible situation like this is not to shoot them so they know what it feels like to get shot. What what is gained from that experience? I feel like if you're telling them not to tell anyone that it happened, they've got to know it was a bad idea in the first place. Oh, yeah, this exactly. is horrible. Yes, exactly. And photos were leaked of this as well. And in one of the photos, it's it's probably the most prominent one from this that has been picked up by, like you said, Andrew, the New York Times. These teachers are huddled under this like uh, shelving unit. And like blocking their faces and looking horrified while this officer is pointing at them with this enormous airsoft gun. It's horrifying. And how, first of all, how does this train anybody to do anything? It doesn't. Like, this doesn't do anything. Well, also, this isn't even how school shootings happen. School shootings historically 
is somebody getting loose in the hallways and doing something like pulling a fire alarm and waiting for people to evacuate so that they can just pick people off as they run out or going into classrooms that are these sort of like closed environments with one exit and getting people that way. Shooters don't line people up and say, okay, four of you go into the room now. Yeah, That's not how this works. And even if they did, what would this training have uh, done to prevent that type of thing from happening in the future? Like, are you supposed to like learn how to deflect the bullets or something? Like you're in fucking Kill Bill or some shit? Yeah, this just felt like a way of strong arming teachers. And I know, I don't know if Indiana was one of the states that was proposing that teachers should be armed, but this kind of exercise feels like something the NRA came up with. Yeah. To sort of like strong arm teachers into seeing, like, see, if you had a gun, you'd be able to do something right now. Yeah, the only, and this is still a bad idea, but the only thing I could possibly see that they were trying to do, which obviously they failed miserably, was to try and like make it so you're used to it, I guess. You know, like you're used to that kind of trauma, but I'm like, that's not how you do that. And he, like, so you're less scared by it in the real scenario? Like, yeah, oh, but, I've already lived the experience of taking bullets. Yeah, I, but, yeah, I guess that's the only thing that makes sense here, but it's still it's, not. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the only thing that, that, that would that would make sense in that situation. But even then, like, it's it's like like Laura said, it's different. Like, it'd be one thing if that was the exact scenario. Now, now if what they did was they pulled a fire alarm and then like had a paintball gun and like started shooting people. And they were like, everybody who got hit with a paintball gun, you're dead. You know, yada, yada, yada. Like, that would still be fucked up. But at least logistically, it would make sense in terms of how shootings go. You know, like, at least they would be trying to emulate that as best they can and come up with a strategy to, you know, make us make a safer route, you know, for for yeah. fire drills or something to actually address the problem. But this does, but, just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this just sounds so just poorly planned. Yeah. Like I I know people who have participated in active shooter drills that were very much intended to feel real mm-hmm. to the point where they would sort of have fake injuries, but nobody was actually injured like somebody would um like they would have crisis actors for the particular um active shooter scenario. And so they would like hit the ground acting like they'd been hit and they would have some kind of like, I don't know if it was like blood packs to like simulate like Mm -hmm. what that would look like. Um, And I know that this is also how they train like nursing staff and doctors in active shooter situations so that they can learn how to address those injuries and casualties while like while in an active shooter scenario so it seems like there are definitely ways that you can train people to see what this actual scenario is going to be like without shooting them execution style it just seems useless because if you do end up in a situation where somebody is shooting you execution style what what good will this training have even done you yeah i mean it's called it doesn't ex- teach it's you anything execution style yeah <laughs> not you know fight back you know and turn into neo from the matrix style like yeah well also like how are you going to fight back against someone with a semi-automatic weapon yeah they're trying to teach these teachers to fight against someone with that kind of weapon yeah. no Doctor what you should be doing themselves. is is 
running yeah. and hiding. And, and that's the thing too. Like, I, like whenever I, I hear people talk about this all the time, when like they're like somebody has a gun in a situation, and like the first thing I hear people say is like, "Oh, you should have just wrestled that gun out of their hand, or you should have waited till that person turned around and hit him in the head with something, or you should have done something." And I'm like, they have a gun. Like, it, you could have a baseball bat. And they could turn. They they could be turned around. And if you hit him in the if you hit him in the head, and if you don't knock them out, which I think people underestimate how hard it is to actually knock someone out. If it looks so easy in the movies. Yeah, I know, right? You hit him with a beer bottle, and they just fall over and go limp. But I'm like, yeah. if you don't knock them out, you're dead because you just piss the person off, and they just turn around back over and shoot you, and that's it. That's it. You're dead. And also this assumption that everything will go a certain way exactly in a crazy scenario like that is just ridiculous yeah yeah it just it seems so counterintuitive to what the gun lobby like it it just seems like they can't really get their message straight about how they want people to react in these kinds of scenarios um so the teachers association is asking legislators to amend a pending school safety drill to prevent safety drill facilitators from launching projectiles at teachers. I can't believe that we have to put that into writing. Like, I can't believe that even has to be specified, but it is. And the county sheriff who led this training is publicly against this and has been on the record as saying, we're not going to do that. Why? Like, clearly, you had a number of teachers who were traumatized by this experience and this exercise. It'd be one thing if you were at least willing to come out and say, yeah, this actually wasn't a great idea. Let's never do this again. But the fact that you're like, no, I think we'll do it again, says a lot about your understanding of what an active shooter situation looks like in a school environment. I think he needs needs his head examined. Might be yeah. something seriously wrong with them. Right? I want to continue shooting teachers. Hmm. Yeah, let's traumatize the educators. Yeah. It's <laughs> a great idea. So, yeah, we would love to hear from everyone at home um, about what active shooter drills looked like at your school, if you had any. Um, did they shoot you with projectiles or Nerf guns or something? I, I'm, I'm anxious to know. We had some people in the Discord who said they had active shooter drills or um, lockdown drills, but all of them agreed. No one was shot with a pellet gun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lockdown drills are also ridiculous. Like, I remember after Columbine, we had a lockdown, and we had to s- turn out the lights, lock the door, and all sit under our desks with, like, thick, heavy textbooks in our laps that we could use as shields. As if that was going to do anything. Yeah. Right. We had a uh, a bomb, not a bomb drill, but like, I guess like an attack drill after 9-11 since, we, since I was up north, like, and, you know, people were really afraid about that. And like those drills actually made sense because they were like, let's go to the most secure, you know, place in the school that it's the most structurally sound. So just in case something happens to compromise the building's integrity, we're still we have a better chance of surviving there than like you know on the top floor of the building. You know, you so never that, know when Ob- when Osama bin Laden is going to come to your school. Exactly, Andrew, you're like that episode of Thirty Rock where um, 
I forget the name of the character where she kept mixing up Obama and Osama. <laughs> I hadn't said Osama's name in so long that I said Obama accidentally. <laughs> so yeah, we would love to hear your feedback about this particular story. And hopefully we'll have some updates on this in the weeks ahead. Um, but moving on to a new game that we're going to play towards the end of the episode today. We want to hear from our final sponsor of the week. The 2019 FabFitFun Spring Box is on sale now. Treat yourself with items in it such as Dr. Brandt No More Baggage ID Puffing Gel, Mana Kadar Champagne Body Scrub, and Levita Aromatic Body Lotion in Mandarin Orange and Bergamot. FabFitFun is perfect for the beauty maven on the go who loves discovering new products. And if you're stumped on gift ideas, FabFitFun is a great gift for everyone. Surprise your mom or sister with a spring box as a gift or to show thanks. FabFitFun is also an awesome care package for your child going off to college or any new moms in your life. I always love getting my box because I know it's going to be packed full of high-end products I would have never tried on my own. Andrew, I know that you recently got a box. Which product did you like the most? It's like Christmas in a box. There's just so many really things is. in there. Um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but there is a facial scrub that was included that I really love. And there's also these uh, masks that go under your eyes. That Pat oh, and I did one yeah. weekend. Yeah, the black eye masks. Yes. Yeah, they're like charcoal activated. They're really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so silky and they they were really nice to wear actually. Yeah, and they're very cooling and calming. And then you like take them off and you're like, oh, the skin under my eyes just feels ten years younger now. <laughs> I don't look dead anymore. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> I'm just dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a mask for that? <laughs> FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year with full-size beauty, fashion, home, fitness, and wellness products for just $49.99 a box. And these are full-size products. You won't be getting sample sizes of anything. On top of that, every box is guaranteed to contain products whose value exceeds $200. The Springbox's total retail value is actually $354.99, but you only pay $49.99. Sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. Use our code M-I-L-L to get $10 off your first box. Go to FabFitFun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well-lived. Use promo code M-I-L-L to get $10 off your first box. That's over a $200 value for $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use our code M-I-L-L to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. We've started this new segment on the show where we bring a popular internet meme or game that we see on Twitter onto Millennial. And there was a little game going around Twitter this week where you Google Florida man followed by your birthday (laughs) to find a weird Florida story that took place on your birthday. I just want to preface this by saying, do we actually think weird things happen in Florida more than anywhere else? Because I know Florida gets a bad rap, but is it truly like the worst state? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm from Florida, so I feel I feel uniquely qualified to speak on this issue. I don't think that there's something in the water that inherently makes people from Florida weird. But Florida, <laughs> Florida is a state that attracts a lot of people from all over the world because it's warm, 
it's beautiful. The beaches are lovely. They've got theme parks. And I think as a result of attracting so many people, you kind of have this microcosm of human beings. And the result is having like the weirdest of human behavior confined to this one state. And this is because they all come here to retire, right? They're not just visiting. These are Florida men. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not just people who retire. Like, I also lived in Florida for about five years in Orlando. And I think for every person that I met who grew up in Florida, there were two others who moved there, like, after college to work there or just... I don't know. Ever like there's so many people who live there permanently who aren't from there. So I totally agree with Laura's thought there. It's just a weird mishmash of people. And it's funny funny we're talking about this because I said to Pat after our Florida trip, "Oh, let's move to Florida." Like kind of jokingly, but then he was seriously like, "No, I don't want to move there. All the weirdos live there." And I'm like, <laughs> "I know there are bad headlines, but we can't not move somewhere just because." It has this reputation. It's like New Jersey. New Jersey has a bad yeah. rap, too. Everybody yeah. thinks that everyone who lives in New Jersey are like the people you see on Jersey Shore. I mean, and that's only true for North Jersey. South Jersey, where I grew up, <laughs> we're all normal. I think that's not a best blanket statement to make for all of North Jersey, but... <laughs> well, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Mine was, I found a Fox News article from May 23rd, I guess in the past year, Man arrested at McDonald's for threatening customers with stun gun, yelling, Get out of my country! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Great. That's so Florida. Yeah. Mine is not... I, I was kind of surprised that I wasn't able to find one that was super outlandish, but mine's also kind of weird. So this is from December 19th of 2018. A Florida man is accused of stealing a Christmas wreath off the front door of a home and hanging it outside his own home. (laughs) Uh, The 55-year-old Angel Hugo Solis Romaguera is facing burglary and theft charges that uh, in the incident that was captured on a ring front door camera. So he got caught on camera stealing a Christmas wreath. And he was held on a $10,500 bond over a Christmas wreath. I can't decide what's more bizarre. The fact that he felt the need to steal a Christmas wreath or the fact that he was held on that kind of bond for stealing a Christmas wreath. I love how poetic this is. Florida man ends argument with chainsaw strike. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so to the point. Like he struck somebody else with a chainsaw? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's it, and, and I was trying to like read up on the article, and it's like a paragraph long. And it's just like, yeah, that he was doing some yard work. He got into an altercation with another man while doing lard, yard work and then just hit him with the chainsaw. Just running, another day like in a, Florida. Like a, Maybe it's the heat that also makes people Maybe. do crazy things. Mine um, – so when I searched for my birthday – and Florida man, I found all these articles about this trend. So I feel like I searched a little too late. Yeah. But the one that I found, so the Brevard Times posted an article that compiled all of their past articles to help you with this trend, (laughs) 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 which I thought was funny. But the one that was on my birthday is kind of sad. Florida man celebrates Earth Day with sand art 
leaves death traps for sea turtles. Oh my god. <laughs> what? I I know. So it happened in Cocoa Beach and so he like did an Earth Day thing on the beach and the trenches and holes that he left ended up endangering the sea turtles Aww. who were being born there, which is really sad. I mean, did he do it yeah. on purpose or no, of course okay, not. Good. He was there to celebrate Earth Day. Good. As long, oh. I mean, that's 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 not as sad. Then I thought he was like trying, like, and get these turtles. That's what I thought too. I thought uh, he wanted to hurt the Earth, so he yeah. was celebrating Earth Day by screwing <laughs> it up. Yeah, trying to be Shredder from Ninja Turtles. Well, no, he. I mean, clearly, he thought that turtles were a, a clear and present threat to Earth Day. <laughs> <laughs> clear and present. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was channeling my inner Hillary Clinton. <laughs> All right, so uh, try to do it yourself. But like Jules <laughs> said, it, it's hard to Google right now because there's all these news stories about this trend. But yeah, Griff shared his in the Discord, and his was helicopter blade decapitates Florida man at Brooksville Airport. <laughs> oh my god! Ooh, oh my god! <laughs> Time now for recommendations, Jules. Since you're our guest, why don't you start? Yeah, okay. So um, I think I mentioned it, but so I grew up in Philly, and then I moved to Orlando, and now I've lived in LA for a year and a half. So when I moved here, I wanted to figure out a way to explore around because there's just so much to do here. So I started making it a point to explore one new thing in the LA or California area once a month. And I have consistently done that since I moved here a year and a half ago. And it has been the best way to like force myself to continue doing new things and seeing new places. So I highly recommend doing that, whether you've lived somewhere for a long time or you're new to an area. That's cute. What's something you recently discovered? Um, so yesterday, actually, um, I don't, you may know that it is a trend, um, for Southern Californians to go visit the wildflower blooms. Um, (laughs) it's, it's it's like, it's so cliche. Like you see it on Instagram and you're like, wow. Yep. But I did that yesterday and it was so cool. We went, um, to Diamond Valley Lake and um, it, we just took a hike through like all these wildflowers and it was so pretty. And it was, it was like extra pretty this year because it has rained so much this winter. So that was my month or my March exploration of the month. California is officially no longer in a drought, which mm-hmm. I never thought we would see the day, to be honest with you. I know. I moved here like and it was still pretty dry. And then... I, like the first winter I was here, it rained a little bit, but then this winter has been nuts. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope you're not one of these people who were stepping on the flowers, right? No, definitely not. You're supposed to stay on the trails when you're there, and there's plenty of people around to yell at you if you do. I watched a lot of people get yelled at. Good, because <laughs> I, I keep hearing that people are ruining these fields because these idiots are stepping on the flowers just to get the gram. Yeah, there's definitely it was funny, too, because I feel like that's such the culture thing now. And I I definitely took pictures for Instagram, but it was funny to see how resourceful people are. Like there were these ladies who had a trash bag that they like brought to sit on so they could sit on the ground and like pretend they were laying in the flowers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, you guys, 
you know what you're here for and you're just going to do it. And I respect that. A lot of creativity. (laughs) My recommendation is something you don't realize you need until you have it. Slow, slow closing toilet seats. Do you know how frustrating it is to slowly close a toilet seat on your own? Because if you close it too fast, it makes a really annoying noise, right? If you buy one of these slow closing toilet seats, your life is going to be 5% better. I guarantee it. (laughs) You just lightly push on your toilet seat and it closes softly and slowly and doesn't make that annoying noise. I just, I seriously love these so much. I bought them for my toilets here. It really is a game changer. Please buy. Your life will be better. I promise. That sounds great. Yeah, right? I know some people wouldn't really have that much use for them, you know, because they never close the toilet seat. Oh, Uh my God. Here we go. (laughs) So my home alarm is set off if you, like, drop the toilet seat and it makes that clank. Laura, this is what you need then. Yes. I know. I know. But it doesn't well, matter. Wait, I, I bought a new toilet seat not long ago, and I'm pretty sure the lid does close slowly. Yeah, but like, it's not like that's made you not close <laughs> toilet seats now. Oh my God. <laughs> and you would think that, you would think that like a traumatic experience, like, you know, making your foot fall in the toilet would, oh would stop God. you. Oh my God. Now but, you're just bringing up all of the baggage. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> We should have had some different discussions on today's show, it sounds like. (laughs) I accidentally put my foot in the toilet once. I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the show. You did. It's fine. (laughs) So, Mark, quick question. Do you pee with both seats up? Yes. Okay. See, I I always had one down because I didn't want to open it and pee straight into the ball. I like having that, that seat down. To like kind of shield the spray from splashing out of the bowl. But then Pat got annoyed because like I guess it would land on the seat. And he likes to sit when he pees for some reason. There's a lot of issues here. We're going to have both of you on in the future, <laughs> I think. We need to talk about our bathroom habits because it sounds like we potty all have t- stories to tell. Potty talk. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't think that leaving the lid open is a big deal. Okay. I actually agree with you. But but. Pat no, is actually I, I'll in Mark's agree with camp. Mark. Yeah. I'm in Mark's camp. I asked my roommates to make sure they close it, especially because my like my toothbrush is so close to the toilet that mm-hmm. it grosses me out if you don't close it or shut the toilet. Yep, airborne bacteria is a That's thing. That's why I keep my toothbrush on the opposite side of the t- sink, away from the toilet, because I'm a germaphobe like yeah. that too. And think Try about that. it. And think about it too. Like you have your toothbrush and you have your towel which you yeah. wipe your body with when you finish showering mm-hmm. that are pretty close to the toilet. But I don't I don't understand why the toilet being closed because when you it's... flush it the water doesn't get any you guaranteed the water doesn't splash anywhere. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is what's the big deal about closing it? Yep. I mean it, it's th- I guess there's like... not a big deal. It's just it's not a <laughs> habit. Mm-hmm. So make it one. <laughs> You will get into the habit with a slow closing toilet seat because I'm in the habit now. Legit. <laughs> you don't have to worry about closing the lid anymore. Seriously. Game I'm going to hire, I'm going to hire Shia, Shia Buff to just be in my apartment. And every time you, you don't, he's like, just do it. Do it. <laughs> no, every like, time. so and if I walk out of the bathroom and I haven't closed the, the lid to the toilet, he'll just point at the bathroom. <laughs> wow. And he, and he won't speak. He'll just point at it very dramatically. I will not speak to you until that <laughs> toilet seat is closed. 
Yep. And then I'm, I usually I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And I go back and I close the fucking lid. Fine. I guess I want to talk to him. Let me yep. go shut the toilet. I'm going to get that, like that sound effect that happens whenever you're using like a PC and you do something wrong and it's like, boom, it's going to do that. Every time <laughs> you don't do it. Are you trying to like Pavlov's dog me yeah. into closing the toilet lid? Yeah. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> Uh, well, American democracy is a toilet, so I recommend <laughs> reaching <it>. out. To- <laughs> I recommend reaching out to your elected officials to voice your support for making the Mueller report public. It's a good one. Yeah, so how follow would, up on that, babe. How would we go about doing this? Reach out to your senators and representatives. Okay. Tell them to close the toilet. And by the way, let me see that investigation. (laughs) That's right. Reach out to them. Hashtag close the toilet. (laughs) By the way, I just pasted a link to the ones that I have. They have chrome hinges. So they are also very stylish. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll share a link on our social pages. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. We're going to lose followers for that. But thank you. Wonderful. Oh, my God. I'm so excited that i can shit in style now yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Jewel, or mark what's your recommendation uh mine is a new anime i started called promised uh the promised neverland i don't really want to say much about it because it's a very it's very sport it would be very spoiler heavy if i do because it's a very unique premise but long and short there are some kids an orphanage they're trying to figure stuff out and you're just kind of following their adventures but Things get heavy real fast, but I don't want to say how because it's, you know, it'll spoil it. But it's the writing's really good. So the, the, like the shots in the anime are very good. They use a lot of cool animation styles. And uh, apparently it's adapted from, I think it's a light novel, I think. If I may, I may have got that wrong, but it's, it's a, or a visual novel it was adapted from, but it's pretty cool. And everything's kind of exaggerated as you would see it through a kid's eyes because you're following kids, which is an interesting take on things. Is it streaming somewhere? Oh, it's on Crunchyroll. It's on Crunchyroll. I think it, the first 13 episodes are up. But it's uh, they'll, they update a new episode every week until the season's over. Laura, can you remind us what is coming up in After Dark today? Yeah. So in After Dark, we're going to talk about fake news, how to recognize it, when we've been fooled by it, and what you can do to better avoid falling down the fake news rabbit hole. That'll be available over at patreon.com slash millennial. You will also get benefits like face-to-face, where we hang out prior to recording one episode a month on camera with our listeners. Thanks to everybody who came today. Let's see. There was Ryan. There was JY. There was Ning. I think that was it. It was a smaller group this week. We also do the breaking news benefit. That's new, and we anticipate recording another one once more information is out about the Mueller report, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, the classics, Hashing It Out, and like I said, After Dark, which is now part of Mega Millennial, which is the main show, ad-free, combined with After Dark for nearly two hours of Millennial. It will probably be over two hours this week, like it has (laughs) in recent weeks. You also get early access to each episode because you can listen live as we record and um, you will be able to sound off via the comment section of the stream or via our discord and uh, 
be sure to check out our social media channels. Now they are active. Twitter.com slash Millennial Show. Facebook.com slash Millennial Show. Instagram.com slash Millennial Show. You can get clips from each episode that'll hopefully entice you to tune in. And thanks again, Jewel, for joining us today. I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future. You did great, and you're doing great on our channels. Thank you. So fun. I'm really excited that I got to be on the show today. I'm glad yeah, you, you had a great. good time. Yeah. Living that cool Disney life down in LA. <laughs> Closing <Now> toilets. <laughs> Closing toilets. Mark's going to come hang out with you, I think. And I know. We'll, I know. We'll get you guys your... can commiserate. Although I will say somebody commented in the Discord. I think it was Larry um, looking at it right now. Larry said, there are bumpers on the seat that create space and let the shit molecules out into the air anyway. Resistance <laughs> is futile. That's true, Larry. But in terms of percentage, that percentage goes way up if it's just wide ass open. So uh, mm-hmm. take that. Yeah, Larry. but also, isn't toilet water cleaner than like most other water sources because it's a constantly replenishing so 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 let me, let, me, let me let me pose this question to you <laughs> next time you take a shit right look, <laughs> look at that water after you flush it and think to yourself would i drink this water if the well, answer is no. no that shouldn't be on your toothbrush or on <laughs> your towel here here no further questions your honor case is closed i agree yeah now I'm going to look for a toilet seat that like completely seals up the bowl. <laughs> when you close it, it just goes. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be grossed out of, about that, then I would suggest never handling like physical currency ever again. I usually don't. Because that's fucking disgusting. I usually use a debit card. They also say your phone is Yeah, yeah your gross. phone's yeah. gross too. That is pretty gross. Does yeah. anyone ever take a dis- disinfectant wipe to their phone? I do sometimes. Yeah, yeah I do. I definitely do. The little the little uh like Clorox wipe things. Yes, yep. exactly. Yep. Yep. iPhone 15, it cleans itself now. <laughs> to be honest, that's pretty badass. I would I'd be down with that. That'd be cool yeah. if they made it like shit proof. Like you know how they made they made the <laughs> iPhone waterproof? Yeah. So now if you do drop it in the toilet, it's not the end of the world, but like you could still have shit bacteria on it. They I mean, should come up with something for that. They made a <laughs> uh they made a uh, grease proof Xbox controller. Really? Yeah, they made it like last year and it's grease proof. And I that's great. Yeah, and at, at first it was a, people thought it was a joke and then Xbox was like, no, no, seriously, like we actually made one because at first they were like, oh, all those, all those like gamers that drink Mountain Dew and eat Doritos, which I find offensive because <laughs> I love both of those things. But, <laughs> but like, like all those, you know, kids with super Doritos hands playing their Xbox, and they're like, no, no, we actually made one, and it's just grease proof. Like it just like you that can't. is so smart. I yeah. I hate when my controllers start getting greasy. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll continue the discussion in After Dark today. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pam. And I'm Jewel. Bye. Bye. See ya. I'm a sucker for you. Sucker for you